Congratulations, you're engaged. Ready, set, now what? Take a listen to this episode where we break down what tasks are most important a year to nine months out from your wedding day. So let's get started. You got engaged. Congratulations. Happy? Yes. Joyful time? Of course. Now what? Timelines, to-do list, and checklist? 100%. Don't worry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Ring, The Bling, and All The Things. Hi, I'm Christina Stubblefield, one of your hosts, along with my two good friends, Michael Gaddy and Sharon Rumsey. We have over 50 years of wedding industry experience between us. We have seen it, heard it, done it, and found a way around it. We are here to get you from down on one knee to down the aisle. Our podcast will cover everything from you saying yes to the I do's and all that happens in between. So buckle up and enjoy the journey. Now, let's get started with this episode. Now, this topic that we're going to discuss today I think is going to be really helpful to those that are out there planning because I believe it was Sharon's idea to do these. Or was it yours, Mike? It was Sharon's. Oh, you're giving her credit I'm this time. I'm giving her credit. All right, Sharon, what are we going to be talking about in today's episode? We're going to talk about when to do what. Because all the time, brides are asking, what do I do first? When do I do this? How far out do I need to do that? So we're going to start breaking it down for you guys. This is the first of a few episodes where we're going to break down a year in the life of an engaged couple. And we don't want we want to make sure that we don't bore you. So we're going to put some other topics in between these so we're not just giving you items to do in this set time. I think Mike and Sharon decided that. We were trying to figure out exactly how we want to roll these out, but we'll have other topics in between. So we're going to start with Eight to ten, eight to twelve months out from your wedding, correct? Okay, that's close. That's, that's close, close, pumpkin. It's okay, Mike. <laughs> oh, maybe our <laughs> listeners don't know. See, me and Sharon, we do pick on Mike quite often, and we tend to refer to him as pumpkin, precious lamb, precious lamb, Mikey. Okay. We're really Pl- letting, please, please, please. We're really letting our <laughs> listeners in. If anything, maybe they're at least getting a laugh in. Well, they're going to get a. Feel sorry for me, finally. Well, Sharon, I think the title of this one, technically speaking, is 9 to 12 months. But he was close. We've got to give credit where credit's due, right? I mean, yeah, you had one of two numbers correct. That's a 50%. All right. For those listeners out there that want some wedding planning advice, we're going to get to it. We're going to let Sharon start instead of Mike. (laughs) Okay. No, I want to start. Well, go ahead. (laughs) No, he really doesn't, Sharon. No, for real. Okay. The most important thing... Before you even set your date is booking your venue or looking for the perfect venue, correct? Agreed. I do think that you should take a beat, enjoy being engaged, and at about that 12-month mark, yes, I do agree that you need to start picking a few dates that would work for you in your mind. Don't get, pardon the pun, married to one date. But pick a few dates that would work for you, or at least pick a season that you want to get married in. Then start looking for that venue. Because like we've said before, if you go to the venue and you have, I want 
August 14th. I have to have August 14th and that venue's booked, then you're in a pickle. So you want a few different dates that'll work for you. And then you want to go to the venue and um, be flexible. Mike, and before maybe- you take off though, I just want to highlight Sharon's talked about beets and pickles all in our first <laughs> few minutes of this podcast episode. <laughs> so what are you going to talk about? Well, on a serious note, Christina. <laughs> uh, oh man, I got to be serious. <laughs> You really want to pick a month and not pick a date like you just said. But if you pick a month, because a lot of brides and grooms wants to have a, you know, I've got to have August or I've got to have June. And then go to the venue and see when they're available. And if they're not available in that month, then go to the next date. But, I mean, it's so important to pick a, like you said, a time slot Mm -hmm. than a particular picking a regular date because right. I mean 99% of the time especially in today's society these venues book up sometimes a year and a half in advance yeah there are some that are two years out so I mean keep that in mind so really we're saying nine to 12 months but really it, this could be nine to 24 months so Sharon I'm gonna hop in here if we have somebody out there listening that knows this date I, I have to have this date and whether that's two years out or uh, am I, was what I'm hearing you all say, go secure your venue. If you know, even if it's a year and a half, two years out, and your heart is set on that date, you got to get a place booked. First of all, I wouldn't say I have to have this date if that date is 18 months or less away. I, I just wanted to highlight yeah, that because we've heard that some from people. Yeah. Well, and even, you know, when they have popular dates like 12-12-2020 or 12-12-22 or, you know, when they line up, there's there are popular dates that people want. But if that's the day, you need to think about that first. Yeah. Well, and specifically talking about our area, we're hearing from venue owners that people are booking Sundays more so than they used to, but also even backing up to Thursdays. Thursdays. Yeah. Thursdays and Thursdays Fridays are and popular. Sundays. So we've really talked about this venue topic. So do we go on to the next thing or is there more to cover on this? I think we can go on. I think it's pretty clear. Um, I think that one of the next things you need to do is once you've got that venue booked, I know on my initial consultations, we talk a lot about what their vision is for their wedding. And when I say vision, you don't have to narrow it down to centerpieces and candles, but you have to know that you're wanting an elegant romantic vision, you're wanting a rustic vision, you're wanting boho, kind of narrow down, use adjectives, make sure that you get that vision in your head. And then you need to start thinking about what colors would pull that off. What are the dresses going to look like? What is the decor going to look like? Because you can't really book your vendors until you know what kind of event you want to have. So I always recommend that my um, couples choose at least a color palette. And honest to goodness, it's time about a year out to start shopping for a wedding dress. Ooh, wedding dresses. That's going to hit home for some people. Yeah, I always tell my couples that you can literally have a baby quicker than you can buy a wedding dress. And that is true. That is true. Especially with shipping post-COVID, the shipping delays that we found. So, so many dresses are made in China. So there's there's quite a delay in shipping right now with wedding dresses. I don't see that getting better anytime soon. So by the time you think that you have to find the dress, which 
you know, hopefully you love the first dress you try on. But for most people, that's several trips. You have to get um, the dress ordered. It has to be made. It has to be sent. And then you need to allow up to eight weeks for fittings. I think that might be something that a lot of people don't realize, that it's made after you order it. Mm -hmm. That it is not necessarily... Because when you go in and try a dress on, I mean, that's a sample. For sure. Unless you can, now there are some places. Speaking from a fluffy girl standpoint, all those samples are made for people that wear about a size six. Well, the other thing too is like you'll hear of places doing sample sales. Unless you're buying a gown off the rack, you're still got other things to deal with, with alterations that you have to allow allow time for. This isn't getting your pants hemmed. No, there's a whole lot more to that. By the time you get the dress in, get your alterations and everything, you're usually looking at about nine months. Well, and the the main dress is the bridal gown. But when it comes to your bridesmaids and that kind of thing, too, you you were going back to your vision Mm -hmm. of what you wanted. Color of the bridesmaids dresses are really important, not just for, you know, you come up with a vision for your color. But when it when you start to plan for your decor and stuff, that's a really big like I tell my brides, I want to know what bridesmaids dresses are, what color they're wearing, because that's like the canvas that we paint the whole picture with. Well, and you don't only need to decide the color. Are they all going to wear the same color? We're really seeing a lot of trends now where there's like an ombre effect where um, Mike and I just had a bride the other day that chose that where they're all wearing the same color palette, but not but exactly the same color. Well, and so, some they wear different um, dresses all together. Styles. Actually, that's more that. popular now than it has been, and I love it. Actually, I, I love it. You know, just to see a photocopy of every bride. Confident women take better photos. In. So if a woman's comfortable in what she's wearing, exactly. she'll take a better photo. I always think that's a great tip. We've mentioned that before, and I think that's a fabulous one. I so, do want to say something, though, on those shades of, you know, when you're picking out colors and stuff. I know everything is trendy, and like right now, Dusty Blue and dusty bl- uh, blush and blush and mob. It, all that's really popular right now. But you know what? If you get on your Pinterest page and you type in a totally opposite color than what you're thinking, there's so many more ideas out there that you can come up with. Now, I mean, I know some girls just love dusty blue or blush, mm-hmm. but sometimes I feel like brides get in the habit is because that's the trending thing. Don't feel thing. like you have to fit in the Don't box. feel like you have to trend or yeah, you know, fit in that box mm-hmm. because you want to be different than everybody else. Hats off to being different for yeah. sure. I know this is a big topic with dresses. And just so our listeners know, we've been working behind the scenes to get a expert in our local area to come in to talk about dresses. So I'm hoping that's something that we can secure because we know this is a hot topic. Yeah, it's, there's so many questions about dresses and so much information that is needed. Um, but well, there's a lot that goes into dresses, not just color, color and style. And, it, it you know, when it comes to if they find a dress that that doesn't fit them correctly, but they want somebody to go in and realter the gown, and there's certain things that can be done and there's certain things that can't be done. Right. I think we're dealing with that with one we somebody are. right now. And um, as we look again at this nine to 12 month period, you know, we one of the things that we didn't mention initially was that guest list. So you need to start coming up with that guest list and figuring out how many people are actually going to be at this shindig so that, you know, that's going to impact your, your venue choice. That's going to impact a lot of your vendors 
So well, that's going to impact your budget also. Your budget, yes. So you want to start compiling that guest list, you know, get with your families, kind of see who mom and dad want to invite, and then compile that guest list. At least the initial, what I call your A list, um, and kind of see what number you're at is really important. And I think it's also important at this time to kind of discuss not only your reception and your vision for that, but your ceremony and your vision for your ceremony. You know, do you want to get married in a church? Do you want a really religious ceremony? Do you want a more personal, intimate ceremony? Um, So kind of just talking through every part of, of the wedding and finding out what's most important to you, I think, is something that I would recommend you do in the first nine to 12 months. And once you decide what your ceremony kind of is going to look like, your vision for your ceremony, you also want to decide who's presiding over that ceremony. Who's your officiant going to be? Um, Is it going to be your minister? Is it going to be a family member, a close friend? Um, Is it going to be a judge? So you really need to kind of figure that out because some ministers and some churches require you to do premarital counseling or classes, and those classes can take several months. So that's that's a decision that needs to be made in the first 9 to 12 months. And another important topic that you need to go ahead and discuss is who your wedding party is going to be. I know we've talked about this quite a few times, you know, picking your squad. Uh huh. But, you know, if they haven't been your friend since high school, is it really necessary that you have her be your bridesmaids or vice versa? And, uh, you know, pick the people that's close to you and that means something and know that they're going to be there for your side. And go ahead when you when you get that list in your head Go ahead and talk to those people, you know, do your proposal, your bridal party proposal or whatever you're going to do, because let's make sure those people are up for it. Are they ready to spend that money? Are they ready to make the time commitment and the financial commitment that it takes to be part of a bridal party? So once you know those things, that's also going to impact your budget, because do you want to pay for five bridal bouquets or do you want to pay for 12? You know, so that all those things are important and impact the budget. So those are all decisions that need to be made pretty early on. Well, and I'll tell you what, that was one of, I don't know if I really have favorite episodes, but that's one that really stands out to me. I think we had fun when we do most of our episodes, but we were talking about proposals and things like that. But what I'm going to plug in here, and I know this may sound a little businessy, so I'm sorry, Sharon, but (laughs) the expectations Some of these people that you're inviting to be in your wedding party may have never been in a wedding before. They may not even know, hey, you've got to pay for your own dress. If it's out of town, a place to stay, maybe telling them nine to 12 months out, you're allowing after they know what you expect out of them for being in your wedding, they can have a little time to maybe save or take off work. Maybe they have a family that they have to make arrangements. There's a lot of things that go into that. Not just, oh, yay, I'm so excited. I want to ask so-and-so to be in my wedding. It has to also work for that person, too, to be able to fulfill their responsibility. We know we've talked about that, that you need their help. They're part of your wedding squad. And also don't feel offended if they say no. Once again, it just comes down to that open, transparent communication. Having those discussions, hey, 
I really, I just had this conversation today with a bride. Are we back to talking about communication? Communication. <laughs> we did an episode just on communication, But you know, right? that's where you need to say, I really care about you and you're important to me and I want you to be part of my wedding party. However, I understand if this is too big of a commitment and I'm going to love you anyway and we're still going to be close anyway, but you need to be open about what will be expected. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, wow, that we're, you could be a year out and there's already quite a few items we've just talked about on this list, but I don't guess we're done yet. No, because now it's time to get that team together. And for your... Oh, Sharon's favorite. Oh, are we talking about the A-team? Drafting that A-team. So for vendors that can only do one wedding a day or a vendor that you just really have your heart set on, you need to get that vendor booked like ASAP. Back to just like if you hooked on a certain venue or a certain date or a certain DJ, band, anything, florist, wedding planner. Well, I've got to say, I have, and I hate to even say this, but I have turned down more brides this year because they're not, they're waiting to talk to the florist like two to three months out. Oh, wow. And like you have told a bride the other night that came in, you know, it was 12. Well, actually, hers was like 16 months out. Mm-hmm. And we're booked now. So, I mean, it, you, it's very important to get who you want and go ahead and get them on the books. And I think that goes back to what Sharon says. Don't be married to a certain date. Yeah. And you mentioned about season or month, however that falls, because your A-team, go back and listen to our other episode, your A-team is so important. And honestly... I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it's just the way of the world now, but I have never been booked as early as what I'm booking now. Um, You know, we're recording this. It's July of 2021. I have four openings for 2022, and then I am completely booked. Um, I have over 100 booked for 2022. Yeah. Well, and also, too, I was going to mention, Mike, while ago when you were talking, someone thinks florist if they haven't been married before and it's been so long since their parents have been, you know, it's not just bouquets and boutonnieres. No. You do a lot of the wedding decor for the ceremony, the, ceremony, the reception. The reception, rehearsal dinner. I mean, the list goes on and on. So it's not just, you know, I think sometimes when people hear the word florist, well, gosh, I really need that a year out. If you have a certain person you want to work with, regardless of where you're listening. Well, and also I think it's important to know because I think when when couples hear this, it's going to be a little bit scary because they don't, they just got engaged and they don't know exactly what all they want yet. And I just, I want them to hear me say that that's fine. We can go and we can talk to that vendor and we can talk about what our vision is. And if that, if that evolves or changes, That's okay. We are still booked on that vendor's, like, for instance, our florist. We're still on the florist book. He is still setting time aside that day to do your wedding. So if you change something, that's fine, but get on that book. It doesn't have to be ironclad, your order. Now, you don't necessarily want to change everything up because that can make it more complex, but I like what you're saying there. You don't have to have everything nailed down. And it's the same for... Your wedding planner, your DJ, you know. Everything can be tweaked. Yeah. All the way up until probably about a month or month and a half out. Yeah. But if you've got them booked, then like Sharon said, we have set that date aside for you. 
and we can worry about all the nitpicky details when we get closer. At least you're on the records. Right. Okay, Sharon, so we don't scare them too bad. No matter how nice we deliver this information, there could be hearing it for the first time, and it could be overwhelming. It is overwhelming, and I think, you know, toot toot, here I go, but I think that's just... Wait, prepare yourself, Mike. Here she goes. <laughs> I think that that's a reason to have a wedding planner because I'm going to sit down and we're going to eat this elephant one bite at a time. And I'm going to say, here's what we need to do first. And here's what we need to do. Like in this month, I want to get these goals accomplished. Next month, these are going to be the goals that we accomplish. But in those first few appointments, we're going to book those vendors. Mike, I can't wait to do the hashtags on this one. I mean, we got some good metaphors in here. (laughs) But we just did an episode explaining the difference, too, to point out about planner versus coordinator versus venue coordinator. Right. And if that's something that you're not familiar with those terms, you might want to go back and listen to that. Check that out because that was real important. Yes. Yeah, I was really proud of that episode. Okay, so now that we've taken just a minute... Now, where do we go? I think let's talk about some fun stuff. Have oh. you had that engagement party? You know, like, let's let's just get everybody together and celebrate your engagement. That's like the kickoff yeah. of the whole party. And then I think... Um, you mean you're supposed to have fun while you're planning? For sure. If there's yeah. a photographer that you're just loving online, but you're not sure how you'll how you'll vibe with that person on the wedding day... Get some engagement photos taken. See how it goes. See how you like the photos. See how you like the person. You know, that's also a great day, the day you're getting your engagement photos taken. If you've got a hair and makeup artist, hint, hint, those need to be two of your first phone calls. Super hard to find those vendors. Um, Get your hair and makeup trial done that day. trial run and use it for your photos. You're all gussied up for your photos and, you know, if you like the way the person does your makeup and the way the person does your hair. And those are all really super fun things. And I think that's important to remember is that it's not all just checklist and, you know, check this box, check that box. And and appointments. Chore after chore after chore. Enjoy being engaged. I don't think we could have said it any better, Mike. What do you think? I think it's perfect. I mean. I mean. Go with this and run with it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Sharon, what else we got? Honestly, I think for, that's a lot. I mean, that's a whole lot, but that's I'm glad you added a fun piece in there. That you are well, and you know. I mean, we've talked about a lot, and I we kind of mentioned budget, but that that's up in those yeah for those sure. first months, you know, to make sure you have that budget planned out, and you know who's contributing and who's paying for what. And another thing that I think is super fun, I like to eat. Schedule those tastings. Go to some some catering open houses. Um, there are a lot of people there, doing those. There are a lot of caterers that have open houses for engaged couples to go and kind of sample some of everything. You can also call a caterer that you're interested in um, and schedule actual tastings to go in, have your dinner with that caterer, and talk about what they offer. You know, and there's nothing wrong with going to two, three, four of those and seeing whose food you like best. So, I mean, have some fun with it. I love I love the floral appointment. You just get to sit and look at pretty things and pick out what you want. <laughs> I love, you know, like I said, I love the catering appointment. I like to go to the DJ and talk about different kinds of music. So don't just see it as a chore. It's it's a joyful process. Well, it, and also we have, you know, tons of bridal shows that you can go to. Take advantage of that. That's awesome. Great. Take advantage of that because you can go and meet these vendors one-on-one in person and see who you like and who you don't like. Yeah, I mean, we're in a wedding show this coming weekend. Yeah. And a bride that I just booked, who's getting married over a year away, um, 
she's got a couple of DJs that she's torn between. She's coming to the show because they're both there and she wants to meet them and talk to them. It's a great opportunity to come do something with your fiance and just have a good time. And, and win prizes. You know, uh, yes, most of them have giveaways most of them and have prizes. Awesome yes. giveaways. Well, and I think if we're ready to close this out, one of the things that was mentioned before on one of our past episodes, and you can go back and listen to even our very first episodes. Um, so that's why we set these up the way we did, so you could go back to them. But I think it was Sharon that mentioned, don't forget about your relationship along the way. You know, having a date night, still doing something. Planning can be overwhelming. Everything there is to do. But don't forget about your relationship, your friendship, the whole reason you're together. You know, don't just get caught up in the planning. Well, and that brings up a whole other topic, too, because, you know, I think sometimes in the traditional bride and groom relationship, brides assume the groom does not want to be involved. And maybe he doesn't. But I think it's a conversation to be had. Because more and more now, the grooms are really involved. And they're, are. they are more coming. More now than I've ever have seen. Absolutely right. And I love it. I'm a boy mom. I love to get to know my grooms. I love to understand what's important to them. So I think it's important to, to make sure that you're sharing this too. Not only because it's their wedding just as much and they want to be involved, but also because it's not fair to put all this load on one person to make every decision. Well, the other night I had a, a consultation with a mom and a bride, and the mom was wanting certain things. And I've never heard this in a consultation before. And she goes, the bride turns to the mom and says, Mom, that really doesn't matter to me if we do that or not. She says, the main thing is I'm getting married to the man I love. And I thought... That's the first time <laughs> I have heard that. And you're right. She gets it. It's not about, I mean, I'm cutting my throat here. It's not no. about the flowers. It's, it's not, not about the food. It's not about, it's not about, about nothing. It. It's all about that ceremony, bringing those two couples, you know, those two people together. It's all important. But honest engine, at the end of the day, that marriage is what's important. That's exactly right. But I am all about starting it off with a really good party. <laughs> all and right. I'm all about the great flowers, too. <laughs> Shameless plugs to end out the episode. <laughs> okay, we hope that you found this helpful. We always love your feedback. So if you haven't visited our website, please take a minute to do so. Follow us on social media. And as always, keep on planning those big days and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Ring, The Bling, and All The Things. If you like what you heard, make sure to hit the subscribe button to get notified of upcoming episodes. You can also visit our website, The Ring, The Bling, and All The Things.com for past episodes. And make sure to connect with us on social media. If you would like to help us get the word out about this podcast, make sure to share with your family, your friends, and anyone you know in the wedding business.